Do you want to advertise on this podcast? Go to podbean.com now for only $1. You can get a thousand listens. You can also predefine geographic locations and categories for where your advertisement will run. Start using the most cost-effective advertising campaign now. Go to podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. See, everyone remembers Star Wars and Star Trek. But see, there's other sci-fi voices of shows and people that we might forget. So if you haven't thought of Dollhouse, Classic Battlestar, or Babylon 5 in a while, you gotta listen in. It's a sci-fi diner classic, voices from a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. It's a sci-fi diner classic, bringing you voices from the past. No, we ain't here, I think. It's a sci-fi diner classic, don't give me no news, just give me interviews and nothing else. No, nothing else. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Classic. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And tonight, we are bringing you probably one of my favorite ladies of all. That's true. Summer Glau. I'm just kidding, it's not Summer Glau, but it's that, that's Miles, actually. Uh, my favorite lady is Felicia Day. Felicia Day. Uh, yes, yeah, so we had, a, we had a lovely time talking with her at, uh, at Farpoint... Um, uh, 2010. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 2010. It's been a little bit. It was the same time we did uh, what we did, uh, Sam Witwer, right? Yep. Um, but it was great. We got pictures with her arms around her. We sat in a room with her. Mm-hmm. We chatted with her. And it was just, it was just great. And she was a very, obviously a very popular guest at this convention, so much so that uh, um, at the charity auction, she she uh, was bidded for uh, $5,000 to have uh, lunch with her. Yeah, yeah, uh, one, of our good, one of our good friends and listeners actually won that option. Mm-hmm. So, but Felicia Day, uh, what a great interview. I can't wait to go back and listen, listen to this interview when we share it. Um, because as I remember, it was, it was a good time. She has a new show out, I believe. Will Wheaton and her have been kind of pumping okay. it. But I haven't, I haven't actually checked it out yet. So it's kind of apropos of releasing this. Right. So. But uh, very good. If you're fans of the Guild, fans of Dragon Age, fans of, oh, I don't know, Dollhouse... Mm-hmm. You will want to check out our interview that we are doing with Felicia Day, or did, I guess, two years ago. Enjoy the Sci Fi Diner Classic. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not only talking with an actress who has been in an Emmy award-winning Joss Whedon production, but also a producer of our popular web series, The Lovely Felicia Day. Ms. Day, thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you for having me. It's very good it's to have you. It's our pleasure. Miss yeah. um, Day, where can, where can one find some of your work in, in the sci-fi world? Um, yeah, I, I, you can definitely find me online. That's kind of my venue of choice. <laughs> um, you can see me as an actress in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which is uh, the Emmy award-winning 
um, piece that you referred to in your introduction. Uh, Dr. Horrible was out um, almost two, well, a year and a half ago, or and uh, it stars Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Nathan Fillion, and it's a superhero musical internet three-part show. <laughs> so it's not, it's kind of unique, um, and it's really awesome, and I can't imagine uh, how lucky I am to have been a part of it. Uh, and then uh, before that, I, I started doing a web show called The Guild, um, which is, uh, you can find it at watchtheguild.com. You can also download it on um, Xbox or uh, Zoom, Marketplace for free, or you can get the DVDs from Amazon uh, or from iTunes, so you can get the show everywhere. And uh, Netflix. And Netflix, yeah, which is just, it's just very recently we made that deal, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. Uh, the internet is very much a place where you have to give people what they want to watch, where they want to watch it. People have set places they go. So I, I quickly learned early on in the web series world that you have to provide your content as many places as you can. A lot of that takes a little bit of wrangling because companies get a little bit possessive. But um, eventually, I always want it to be available to wherever people watch things online. So uh, the Guild is a it's a web series about online gamers uh, and how they interact online and offline. So and you can watch some of my TV shows online randomly <laughs> as well. Very cool. Would you consider yourself a sci-fi fan? Definitely, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I'm uh, I I almost more. Um, I almost read more books in sci-fi than, than TV shows. Like, I was a huge Next Generation fan, and I love, you know, any, any TV show or, um, or more, more movies is actually, more sci-fi movies. Uh, so I'm a huge, I'm definitely, like, it's very much part of my culture. Like, it's definitely what I grew up reading and immersing myself in, and I feel like I identify more with than other genres, although I do love comedy, too. So uh, I have my foot in both of those worlds. Now, do you still game? Well, gaming is definitely my primary interest um, and hobby. Yes, I definitely game. I game to the point where it's not you shouldn't game. I mean, I, I'm frustrated. I can't game as much as I want to now. Like uh, I'm kind of still playing WoW. I um, I just I played WoW last month. I got my priest to 80, finally, because people were making so much fun of me, because I have this, you know, I'd log on, and I'd level a couple levels here, and I'm kind of altaholic. Uh, after I broke my hardcore, like, raiding addiction, I can only be casual now, which is great, because it's much better. Um, but yeah, I got my priest to 80, and then I got distracted with, um, you know, I just started playing Mass Effect 2, okay. which I think is a fantastic game. It's really, like, the best of all worlds for me, because it's sci-fi. <laughs> It's uh, role-playing in that you get to design your character. Uh, so she looks like me with a sensible bob. And um, and then you get to do the, the gameplay, and it's like, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's just a perfect game for me. I feel like I'm living a great sci-fi movie when I'm playing it, which uh, is really fun. And, uh, you know, whenever I have a spare time, I really should be watching TV, because that's what I'm supposed to be writing, but I generally am playing, like, a Flash game or, right. you know, a casual game or just Xbox Live game. At D&D, you still playing D&D? You know, my, uh, my DM had to take a couple months off because he's directing and writing a movie. Okay. So we've been on hiatus since November, and I'm really hoping that he <laughs> stops working so we can get back to the D&D. <laughs> I really, it was definitely, it's, uh, we've been playing the same, you know, not the same campaign, but we, we switched to 4.0 last summer. But um, it's, it's so much fun to do tabletop. Uh, face-to-face gaming. I mean, I love gaming, but just combining all that in in 
in you know in a, in a place where you can share snacks with your friends. Right. And <laughs> it was just really fun. I really really enjoy it. Right. Right. You mentioned Star Trek. Have you tried Star Trek Online yet? You know, I just got a beta key for that. Well, I know that was out. So, <laughs> but uh, now I have I have an account ready and waiting for me to play. Um, my PC got broken during the last season of the Guild. Um, so Zabu broke it. So I have to either buy a new PC or learn how to dual boot my Mac. So I've got to do it in the next couple of weeks because my other friends are playing it currently. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's supposed to be really fun. It actually has some aspects of Mass Effect mm. in it as far as like the away missions and things like that. So um, I definitely want to try it out. I love, you know, uh, online games, you know, mass MMOs are like my crack. So I want to try a little bit of everything for research purposes. Of well, course. of course, of, of course. course. Yeah, absolutely. For the show, yeah. it's tax deductible. <laughs> yeah, I played WoW as well for four years. Oh, excellent. And uh, May, I had to give it up because we got my adoptive daughter, and there's just no. I had to say, okay, oh. family time first. But yeah, <laughs> so, it, I can imagine it's hard to balance a family. It is. Yeah. It is. But you know, you can't give yourself up entirely. So there's a way to play casually. The thing is, if you're leveling, you play casually. You just can't. If you want to be a hardcore raider, you kind of have to schedule around it a little bit more, and it's a lot more tricky. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. But well, let's talk about Doctor Harville's sing-along blog. Obviously, since it was it was a Joss Whedon production, it was going to be special and great. But do you think it was going to be as huge as it was when it, when it came out? Um, I mean, I can't. I can't. I, I. I. have to say that I. I knew that whatever Joss did online was going to revolutionize online viewing. So I. And it's the same thing I felt with the guild. Like I never had like grand designs of. You know, but I always had this feeling like this is going to be something that people will want to watch. And I guess you have to have that blind faith in order to get through all the hard times of writing and doing things on your own and be able to like uh, shoestring everything together. You really have to have some, sort of that myopic view that this is going to be what it is going to be, and I, I need to get to the end result of it. And especially with Doctor Horrible, like I mean, having the elements involved, like I said, like anything that Joss does, you know, he's one of the very few people I think that in an online world can draw the kind of attention that Doctor Horrible did. I mean, even if you took other famous people, they've done web series or they've done experiments on, um, in 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 streaming or whatever. And it hasn't been that successful. Like, just because you put a star in something doesn't mean that they're going to draw an online audience. Because an online audience is very unique. Like, a lot of those people might not watch TV, or they might just watch things on DVD, or they might be gaming. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not... It does cross over, but at the same time, it doesn't... You are able to take off in a way just because you put a traditional TV star in it. And I think Joss, you know, like George Lucas, and maybe a couple other people, but there are very few people who are in that world that they have the following that can break through the you know millions of web pages that are out there so I always thought it was going to be success um, and I was always like you know ho hoping like sending them emails like hey you should do this you know to stick my nose where I probably shouldn't have to try to make it you know as, as big and you know Joss is so smart as a business as a businessman as well so right uh, yeah so I, I mean I guess there's a, a, lot, a lot of ounce of, of blonde face that I just knew it was going to be big yeah. Well, it's unfortunate that we won't see Penny back. Uh, I mean, yeah. You never know. You never know, I guess. But. You never know. I mean, <laughs> I, I would, yeah. I mean, listen, either you have to go with what what the what the story tells you. So right. if they think that I, uh, you know, Penny somehow raises, raises herself back up from the ground. Maybe the zombie Penny. I mean, I was always, but I was like, a, a lot of people emailed me, uh, zombie Penny, unattractive, that would be kind of gross. 
Uh, I would think ghost penny or like a robot penny. Robot penny, somebody emailed me. I was like, uh, emailed me some fan art. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That would be fun makeup. So, uh, but you know, as a writer, uh, I understand that you just have to service the, the, the script. You can't like shove something in just because you like somebody. So, uh, whatever. But I really hope that he does a second one, regardless of my involvement in it, because right. I think it's not only just fantastic, but it's just a great way to be able to have um, you know deliver something to the audience directly without having people interfere with it mm-hmm. now you, you're your roots with Joss go back further than that though yes I was on Buffy I was on, I was one of the potentials uh, for the last season of Buffy um, Vi I played Vi so yeah I've known him for a while well that's how I saw him on the strike line because um, uh, he had a mutant enemy strike line day for the WGA strike and that's when I told him about the guild, he was like, oh, yeah, I've seen your show because you emailed me. And uh, I had this thing for idea for an internet musical. And I was like, that's fantastic. Do it. So that's uh, it's kind of, you know, it's been a, uh, many years that I've known him. And I never am comfortable around him because I'm always fangirling out a little bit. Like, you know, somebody for that long, you're like, don't be such a dork around this guy. But, uh, you know, he's just one of those people that you just, you know, it's just, I'm such a fan of what he does. So... I have to be a little bit in awe of him whenever I'm around him. It's <laughs> It is understandable. What, um, uh, what's next for the Guild? You're done with season three, right? Season three has been done for a while. Um, I should have season four out right now, but I took... Um, uh, well, I should be farther along, but I, I had to take um, several months to write the comic book. Dark Horse, uh, last Comic-Con, approached me about doing a comic book with the Guild. He had also... Uh, Scott Alley, the the editor, had approached me before, the Comic-Con before, about doing it, and I really was like, I don't know, because comics aren't really my forte. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I appreciate comics, but I'm not, like, a huge hardcore fan in the way that a lot of people at conventions are. Uh, I'm more of, like, I read thousand-page novels every week, so I'm a huge, like, I know every (laughs) fantasy inside of my author, but uh, the comics I was less familiar with, so I was kind of reluctant until I got the idea to do... Uh, an origin story about how Codex got into the game because I figured that would be something I would never be able to film because it would be too expensive. It would have a lot more out of game, you know. And I could also show the in-game stuff. Like I could actually draw, you know, have scenes within the game and seeing the avatars talking rather than the people behind their computer. So that kind of, that idea attracted me. Um, It took a lot longer than I thought to write it. Uh, I'm not the fastest writer anyway. So learning to write in a comic book form it was like, you know, learning... It, it was not like riding a bike from screenplays to comics. It, it gave me a whole new respect for the comic book art of writing and being able to tell a story in a format that's so limited as far as dialogue goes and so heavy on the visual aspect, which I had never directed, so it was kind of a challenge. I'm really happy with that, how it turned out, um, and the art is really, really... Uh, I think fits what I wanted to do with the show, so in, in, this, in the graphic novel form so I'm really excited to see what people think about it um, and when's that due out yeah the first episode will be out March 25th and uh, then it'll be out for three issues after that for every month uh, April and May and then I guess probably a, compil- a graphic novel compilation will be out yeah, okay. late summer I'm not sure exactly and where will, where, will, where will they be able to pick that up well you can buy it uh, in your comic store I think uh, they have to order it by March 4th if they have it so I, I don't know when this is going to go up but if it goes up before call your comic <laughs> store and ask if they're going to carry the guild because right. they might not know about it who knows right. <laughs> right will it be available from the website as well uh, yeah you well not our website but you can order it from any online comic uh, I know TFA is a is a, a sister site to 
or so loosely associated with Dark Horse, so you can order on there and all, many online places. Each issue has two different covers, which is very cool because I got some amazing artists to do the cover art, and I'm really happy with it. So yeah, that, um, I'm, I want to see what people think. <laughs> very cool. Let's talk about Dollhouse. Uh, um, we see you on the last the series finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we, we, we see you all, only on a released DVD uh, for Epitaph 1. What was it like being on the, the last, last show for Dollhouse for you? Uh, you know, the funny thing was I knew everybody socially. Uh, I've seen them at many uh, Whedon <laughs> gatherings. Right. So I knew everybody pers- on a personal basis, so I wasn't as intimidated as going on like House or Little Lie to Me or some other uh, show as like a guest actor. And I already worked with a lot of the crew and on you know the stages and stuff for Epitaph One, so uh, you know it was kind of sad because everybody knew that it was going to be over, mm-hmm. and it was the last episode. And, and you know you always have that kind of thing where you make a family when you're on a set, and then when you stop filming, even though you love the other people, it's just the way that the business is. You might not see those people for years afterwards. As you, you're such a tight family, and then you're and then it's gone. It's kind of a real like letdown. But I think everybody was kind of philosophically like prepared for it so it was it was actually really enjoyable because people were pretty la- relaxed and um, even though it was a crazy schedule and to be able to shoot you know all those pages and all those fight scenes and stuff within the time limit it was pretty monumental that it got done um, I think people were were eager to uh, you know see it done right was it difficult for you to step back into that world after leaving it for what a year how long was it between the time you filmed Epitaph, between Epitaph 1 and Epitaph 2? Uh, you know, I think it was like, um, gosh, I, it was, I think we, sh- we shot Epitaph 1 in like February, I th- I, I'm thinking, I really don't know, to be honest with you, it might be, it might have been like November, like a, over a year, but then, uh, people don't know this, but the, if you watch Epitaph 1, the first scenes that were in the car driving, that actually was shot in September, it was supposed to be a whole chunk of 201, the first season of the second, first episode of the second season. And the intention was to carry us through in the future to tell the story of how Epitaph 1 happened. And I believe that the network just didn't want to go back to the future because they didn't air Epitaph 1 and they thought it would be confusing for viewers. And and so we didn't get to come back in the storyline that uh, I think Joss had intended. But, you know, that's just what happens in TV and things, you know, change as you go along. Um, we, we were also mentioned they were going to come back in the middle of the season, but that didn't happen either because just the way the storylines went out. And like, like this, is, this is the same thing I talked about, Dr. Horrible. Is like you, as a writer, you know, you have to let something organic happen. And even though you love a storyline or a character or a scene, you have to be ruthless in cutting it to make the best show that you can. So, you know, I'm just glad that we got to come back at all because, uh, you know, I think the Epitaph 1 universe was really interesting. It was a really interesting way to do an apocalypse. It was interesting to do a way to do zombies in a science fiction way. Um, and even if I hadn't been in it as, as a fan of the show and uh, of Joss's work, I would have been interested to see where that would happen, you know, be taken. So um, I'm just really, you know, honored to have been part of it. We, we, we love Dollhouse. I had a chance <laughs> to interview uh, Miracle at numerous occasions. Oh, yeah, Miracle's yeah. lovely. She's such a, she's a very good ukulele player. I don't know if heard me play. I mean, she's a singer, a great singer, and she all comes to hula dance. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, well, we, we conned her into doing it at sh- shortly, but conned her. Oh, okay. Year, so. Yeah, she's beautiful, dancer and singer and a ukuleleist. <laughs> I actually just bought a ukulele 
uh, in Hawaii, and I was kind of inspired by her because she is, you know, I saw her do it at another convention in England. Did you get to see her concert she did with her? Uh, uh, I coming out. Oh, okay. I think in February. It was, was it right? Uh, I think it was last week. Oh, the was concert. No, I wasn't able to make it, but I did see her and her husband perform at the convention we did in England, and it was just amazing. Their voices are great and just really nice people. Yeah. They seem like genuinely nice and genuine people yeah. as a whole. Uh, so, about how many conventions are you are you doing a year right now? Uh, you know, I haven't. I don't do a, a ton of them. Uh, last year we did Comic Con and BlizzCon, and I did a couple others. This year I've had a lot of requests, um, and I love doing conventions. I just can't do so many that. I mean, like I said, I I'm kind of responsible for this whole show. <laughs> if I was just an actor in it, I would be able to do one every weekend. Right. But unfortunately, I. Uh, I have to write the show, which takes me a very long time and is a lot very stressful. Yeah. So uh, I'm going through that right now. I'm in the you know in the pits of trying to get a season together. So um, I know Any that more music videos. You know I haven't I haven't <laughs> come up with a, a bonus video yet this season. Uh, once I get the season done, that's the most stressful part because writing I could write one one off episodes for the guild like every day like that would be easy. Planning out a whole 12 episode arc is very difficult because I have a lot of storylines and half our comedies generally have like two to three you know uh, storylines, but you know the guild tends to have more than that and it stretches over a longer way, so you have to take it farther. And I never want to make something that I'm not proud of. I mean, people might not like it. That's totally their choice and their opinion. Like everybody doesn't like everything, but as long as I'm happy with it, I can be happy putting it on film. So. Once I get the actual season together, I did the same thing with the music video. After I finished the draft of the season three, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to do a music video because people keep asking me to sing because of Dr. Horrible. So, there you go. Yeah, very cool. My yeah. daughter runs around singing that song. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, uh, that's really cute. I, uh, I definitely don't know if I could top a music video. Like, I don't know if I could put into another music video just because it's like, it would have to be better than this one. And how will you top it? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I outdo myself. <laughs> it, 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 it got good ratings when that came out. It was like number one in yeah. iTunes for a while. Well, the fans made it number one on iTunes and number one on Amazon, and we beat out like huge labels. So, I mean, I think it's just a testament of if you one person can make a difference. I don't know if it's stupid, <laughs> but it really is. Like our show should not have succeeded. It shouldn't be popular. We have no budget for advertising, and we don't have a big person behind us funding us, planning things for us, telling us how to do things, and. Uh, we're completely fan-driven, so that's why I like coming to new conventions, because I meet the people who actually make the show happen. Very cool. And it makes me, you know, want to go on. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything we can look forward to in season four that um, you can tell us? You know, I can't give you any spoilers, because I really, if I said that, I might change this around. I'm, I'm, <laughs> in the, I'm, in the, I'm in the point where I might be changing, like, what I'm planning, like, halfway through, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this story arc is going to happen. So, uh, I'm sorry, but to tell you anything would probably be a lie because <laughs> I might be scrapping everything I have at this point <laughs> she can tell us when she had to kill us I right. would exactly. tell you yes yeah, so I had to kill you I'll in kill the or I just have to kill your podcasting type <laughs> there you go all right, well, thank you so much for sitting with us and interviewing with us. Uh, and where can we find you again? Um, you can find me, um, you can find the show online, watchthegill.com or drhorrible.com. You can watch those shows for free streaming. Uh, you can find my blog at feliciaday.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, which I'm most active on, and I interact with most people at twitter.com slash feliciaday. All right, well, thank you so much. Thanks a lot.